and welcome back yet again to another exciting episode of Flux to Pose. That's enough of professional voice. This is episode <laughs> 53 of the Flux to Pose podcast. I am your host, Jason Lacey, joined as always by the faithful, the dutiful, the magnificent Lucas Rose. If you use that voice again, we might have to start paying you. Never do it again. <laughs> Uh, how about if I went on the docket today, we have What You Playing, the news according to us with games, movies, television, and technology, an Overclocked Remix selection from OverclockedRemix.org, Netflixation, the almost famous dramedy. Will it be entertaining and fun? Well, my friends, you'll have to listen to this episode to find out. And then we close with the community grab bag. There, how's that? How's that with the, the professional voice? You're racking up. You're racking up uh, a bill here, my friend. Maybe I'm maybe I'm looking for a career move. Do a little little VO, little VO work. VCVs. VO. You can go work in some anime and make a ridiculous uh, voice. Only if I can do Dragon Ball Z episodes, uh, and only if I can do powering up episodes. Uh, <laughs> isn't that every episode? For like thirty seconds. Speaking of that, did you happen to see that uh, Dragon Ball Z YouTube fan thing that Hobek posted in our Nerd Out group on Facebook? Yeah, I think I actually found it through other means, and I was just uh, like, mm. I actually watched it. It wasn't uh, it wasn't horrible. According to my brother, it was better than the movie that was made, uh, you know, a couple years back. Mm. Mm. Wasn't there a, a game that was just released too with like online play or something? Yeah, I think there was. I think I saw a couple of tweets of people complaining that the online wasn't working was properly broken. or something. Yeah. Imagine that, that an online game not working. I was just gonna say that seems to be a terrible trend. Uh, it's a sinking ship of despair, and you're you're on it. I'm the captain. Going down. So previously on Flex to Pose, we hit the one year mark. So, uh, yeah, thanks for celebrating that with us yet again and if you got through that episode and came back welcome to number 53 if you're still here then you have learned nothing you have learned nothing you are not wise <laughs> oh Judge me i'm not afraid by my size. <laughs> and out come the voices <laughs> oh not not today sir not today okay tomorrow tomorrow oh, we can okay. do voices yay uh, I actually, speaking of Star Wars, I, I read some possible spoilers uh, for the new movie, but why would you re- do that? Well, because I was starting to read the description and then I was like, these are so laughably incorrect. Like one, one was a uh, hypothesized that, uh, Mark Hamill was only going to have a cameo role and it wasn't going to be till the very end of the movie. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way they would pretend to have him filming and not, you <laughs> know, and only time. have him. Yeah. And only have him appear at the end. And then another one was like uh, a plot, a supposed leak plot synopsis of the the beginning of the movie, which is like eh, maybe plausible, but uh, somebody just wants uh, hits for their web page or something. Gotta get those clicks. Yes. Gotta get that click, click, click. Oh click, god! Click, click, I thought click. you said we were done with that. I didn't make a voice. We were done with voices. That's true. That's that was true. me. That was me. That was um, all you showing was... my. Karaoke skills. That I was I just gonna have, say that I, was karaoke, karaoke. Jason. There's not oh. enough. There's not enough booze in the world for karaoke Jason to come out. That is highly improbable. And highly, we will find. We will yeah. find that amount of booze, and we'll <laughs> give it to you, and you I will sing. So. Oh, I hope so. Oh, funny, funny story. Remember how previous episodes I had hyped up like, oh, I'm going to do this Smash Brothers tournament. 
Yes, yes. Yeah, that came and went, and I didn't even participate. Like, <laughs> they changed the date on it a couple times, and then I didn't. Even, I never knew what the date was, and then all of a sudden it was like a Saturday afternoon, or no, it was a Sunday afternoon, I got this notifications. Oh, uh, check-in times are open for blah, 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 our crazy hand Smash Brothers tournament you have between now and X to check in. And I was like, I'm not going to start playing my matches at like 3 o'clock in the like, afternoon on a Sunday. I was like, I don't feel like doing this right now. So... That that's unfortunate if the yeah. you know, the dates change too much and I was like eh. I find that usually happens when things like that seem to be falling slipping away and they just keep changing things and after a while you just stop following it and yeah. like you said I would do the same thing I'd be like well I'm already in a different mindset I'm not just gonna change my day because they emailed me or whatever yep and uh, <clears throat> the NHL trade deadline is coming. Very rapidly up, and the Red Wings actually made a couple moves today. What? Yeah, we got, uh, they sent off a couple of prospects and a conditional, I think it was a conditional third round pick to Dallas uh, for a veteran forward. Uh, I can't even think of his, I think Clark was his last name. So give us some, uh, some. Uh, veteran presence. He's got a physical presence. Right-handed shot, I believe. And then... Uh, <laughs> He'll be like the only one. Well, the problem is you've got... Franzen's been out forever with a concussion. Um, Helm is going to be out for maybe a week now. Um, there's another player I think we've lost. And then they just made a deal with the Devils today. They sent a another conditional draft pick to New Jersey for... Uh, Zed Licky, who's a right-handed defenseman, so mm. gives us a right-handed defenseman, which we haven't had in forever. Yeah. So since the Red Wings are pretty much predominantly left-hand shooting, so you know it's kind of the typical moves: bring a couple, well, classic Red Wings, bring on some old old people veterans, who but, stick around for a year yeah, or two. But we didn't give up anything like big for it, so that's that's the plus on it, and. uh yeah, we so have you, enough prospects, that's for damn sure. Yeah, and it was kind of the moves you need right before the playoffs. So I guess they were in the running for uh, Dion Phaneuf from uh, Toronto. Oh, wow. Which I was yeah. kind of mixed feeling because, I, I don't know, he seems all right, but his production's really stalled in the past few years. And after, like, the uh, you know, the HBO uh, 24-7 Road to the Winter Classic. Yeah, now they're kind of rivals. Yeah, but I was like, he's kind of an a-hole. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, that is true. I guess the rumors were that for Phaneuf, uh, it would be like uh, Stephen Weiss, uh, a couple draft picks, uh, then possibly what's their one defenseman nobody likes this season? Uh, for Quincy, uh, for us, I can't think. yeah. Oh, I can't think of his name now. Is That's it the terrible. younger guy? Is it the younger kid? No, it's not Smith. It's uh, uh it's names right on the tip of my tongue. I don't feel like Google. Anyway. Uh, they basically wanted Smith too, and it was too high of an asking price. So then they went and got Zed Licky instead. But uh, interesting, interesting, and that's probably alienated everyone because we're talking sports for a good <laughs> ten minutes here. So <laughs> just interesting. Hockey, I don't know. Hockey has always been one of our things, and it's weird now because there's only Marchenko. Two, there's uh, Marchenko. No, he's. Damn. I don't think they'd give him up. Sorry, he's one of the Ameri- No. Damn it. The Kaiser. All right, uh, I'm done trying. Yeah, you're done. I can <laughs> I can picture his face. I can hear his name, but I just can't pronounce it right now. Anyway, why don't we uh, get past all that jargon? Yes. And how about we talk a little what you plan yes. this week? And Let's. since Lucas is gun shy, 
and specifically that was asked a gun. for me to go first. I will tell you what happened this week. Indulge me. Indulge. Uh, you know, kind of funny. Uh, we, and we both kind of lined up this way. I was really uh, not a lot of games this week, a lot, like a lot of movies. I just didn't feel like watching some, uh, playing anything. And then, you know, like Jess and I really watched a lot of stuff. So after, you know, Dave Robopig had suggested it and you had watched as well, we watched Chef on, uh, I think that was Friday night. Yeah. What'd you think? Um, you know, I really liked it. Um, nice. I really wanted a Cuban afterwards. Yeah, right. But Are those I, grilled cheeses he was, he was making? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think it was Graham who said that or somebody. They're like, those I, uh, fucking grilled cheeses. <clears throat> so, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good, a good film. I mean, it's not. This is the best movie I've ever seen. No, but did we? Jess and I both liked it. Yeah, I mean, it's I, got I a lot of it, heart. Uh, I gave it like a four. I'd yeah. say it was fun, and it was. It's kind of interesting that John Favreau went to like a. Did some culinary school training and did he was actually served like they they had a specific chef that they brought on as a consultant and then he eventually I think he served as like the uh, one of the producers on the films wow. on the film I should say and then he actually uh, John Farrow actually served on his staff in the kitchen as part of the training for you know the role so Dang. that's kind of cool so I wonder if a lot of those shots it's actually him doing the prep work and things like that I was gonna say it seems to pay off because it looks legit when he's doing it so. Either way, I just want to be able to dice things like that. I know I can't. Well, I told you when we were making that pizza, or what? No, we were making tacos, tacos, and you're like, "Do you want to cut up these vegetables?" And I was like, "I can." Do you, you want me to? Want me no. to brown the meat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just stir this meat food over here. And uh, then on Sunday, I'm like, ah, you know, she's like watching something, and I keeps I kept seeing this in my Netflix queue a lot. Um, in a world, and in by that world. I mean yes. In a world, because it deals with the world of uh, voiceovers, and um, I can't think of the actress's name, but this is the first time I've seen her in uh, a leading role. I think the only other movie I'd ever seen her in prior was this one with, um, oh gosh, it's where the the parents are divorced and they like hook back up, and gosh, I can't. I apparently this is an off. It's got Alec Baldwin in it, and I can't think of uh, the actress. So this Lake is really me. No. Um, older actress that was in Into the Woods and played Cruella. De- no, not Glenn Close. Um, she's in uh, Devil's, Devil Wears Prada. Uh, well, I definitely hmm, know now. I, can't think of it. I don't know what it is with me. Usually I'm really good with remembering names. You're, I was nice. going to say, Tonight's you sound like not my me. Uh, but um, yeah, so she played the lead actor in this, and it's like her dad, like her dad is a big voice actor guy, and then. Um, voiceover guy I should say and so she's trying to break into it uh, into the industry and then like her um, there's this other guy that's good friends with his dad that it's played by I can't think of the actor's name but he's in the the same guy that was in Bad Milo uh, the Ken main actor, yeah he's in it too and uh, it was uh, it's pretty interesting it was it was kind of a little not really a rom-com there's like this weird little romantic plot line too but it was just kind of I don't know. It was fun. It wasn't again not a great movie, but it had some it had a few funny moments. For, for some reason, I thought this was a documentary. What the hell? I feel yeah, well, really kinda, stupid. It kind of looks like that a little bit, but hmm. interesting. So the big thing is that there's like this uh, parody. It's kind of like a parody on the Hunger Games, but this is the big movie trilogy. And the big deal was that they were going to bring back using in a world in the in the trailers. So that was uh, that was the big competition. Is someone's going to get to use those iconic. Words. Phrases instead of uh gosh what's his Don uh Don Lafontaine I believe that's 
That was his name. I think you're right. Yeah. For once. Huh. <laughs> and uh, we <laughs> randomly, this, this was on sci-fi and we started watching it. I don't think I had ever watched it prior. 1408 with yeah, uh, John what is Cusack. This? It's a adaption. It's a movie that's adapted from a short story by Stephen King. Um, it's oh, got, oh uh, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, John Sorry. Cusack and then uh, Samuel L. Jackson, but it's mainly just John Cusack in a room being yes. tormented by spirits. And I, uh, I, I mixed feelings on this. I thought I really enjoyed it, and then a couple things I had issue with. But the interesting thing is, is that what is shown on the TV releases is not the theatrical ending. Apparently, there were like multiple endings that were shot for this film. Hmm. And so, and the depending on where where it airs, they show this one alternate ending that was the original ending to the film, and people thought it didn't really, thought it was like too depressing. So then there was a, another ending that was shot that was used in the theatrical release. Because I remember, like, because usually if there's something we watch and we're like interested by it, we always like do some research on it afterwards. And that was the thing. I'm like reading the plot somewhere. I'm like, that's not the ending we saw. But uh, yeah, typical thing is, you know, he's in this hotel room because he's like a writer that uh, deals with haunted ho- uh, hotels and things like that and writes about the experiences. So he's very skeptical, very cynical. And like he and his wife had lost their daughter to like, I think some form of cancer. And then he had left his wife because, you know, upset about that whole situation. So he's a very jaded person, but the room is it's, he's only in like in this room for an hour, but it does all these things to mess with them. And other people have died there. You know, you kind of seen that kind of set up before, but yeah, um, it was, an, it's, it's an interesting film. I um, actually watched it because I have the um, collection of short stories that that one is in the book and the, the short stories is really good. And I know a lot of people kind of, a lot of people I know didn't care for it that much, but I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like, I didn't think it was that bad either, but I know a lot of people were like, Oh, it's not that scary. Yeah. I don't think it's meant to be scary. Exactly. It's more atmosphere. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's interesting with anything like that, when it's mainly a solo piece for one actor to try to hold, you know, kind of carry the film with their own solo performance. Yeah. Such as that. So that's always interesting to see. And I did get into finally into some games. Oddly enough, I finally like got home from work on, was it Friday? No, this thing was a Saturday. I fired this up and, I was like, you know, I haven't played Earthbound yet, and I, I got that from Club Nintendo. So I fired up Earthbound and started playing that, and I had only ever previously played Earthbound on uh, an emulator. And I remember I didn't get very far because I had, like, just I, – I, I think with an emulator, this is kind of how it works for me. I got to a point in the game, and I ran into an enemy, and I lost the fight because they were, like, too hard for me, and I didn't feel like grinding to get, like, a couple levels to make the battle easier, and I just stopped mm-hmm. playing there. And I feel like – some way with emulators, especially with RPGs, I'm like, I just don't want to do that grind. But with the Wii U gamepad, whether I'm playing on the TV or the gamepad, I can just kick back on the couch. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's much much more relaxing experience. I just it yeah, doesn't you're bother not me. You're sitting so. at your computer at a yeah. at a desk. <laughs> and even though this is like, gosh, this game came out in '95, I think. Uh, or 96, because I know it's coming close to the 20th anniversary, I want to say. Um, I, you know, it holds up really well, I thought. And, you know, for people not familiar, Earthbound is a, it's an RPG for, for the Super Nintendo, but it's, it's set in, it's like the <laughs> Japan's interpretation of Western society. <laughs> so it's set in a small town. You play the character, well, you can name your character, but your play, your play is Ness. And, 
there's a meteorite that crashes and some weird alien thing tells him that he needs to there's like this big there's this bigger war taking place and he's he's key to saving the earth from these aliens and yeah that's how it starts and it, it's just pretty interesting the um, it's got a lot of charm it's got some pretty sweet music too so i'm like in the third town now and, and the story has switched where my two characters have been captured and i'm taking the role of a third character in a separate part of the world to um save the party that's been captured so eventually nice. he'll reunite and join that cast so. have you ever heard the um theory about the end boss of that game uh i have not i don't believe Okay, I'm not going to tell it to you because it might spoil it for you, but it's pretty interesting. Anybody who is interested, Google it and you'll you'll see it's weird. <laughs> hmm. I'll have to check it out. So in Japan, it's referred to as Mother. So you might have mother, heard that. Yeah. Mother is, and this is actually what, Mother 3, I think? Yes, I believe you're correct. And there's a fan game that's actually in the works of Mother 4 that... Uh, it's being created that they're trying to release and for Nintendo, you know, probably put the cease and desist on it, but that looks actually really, really cool. So it's really fun game. It's available on the virtual console, uh, on the Nintendo eShop. So I recommend if you have access to that to pick it up, it's also a club Nintendo reward. So if you have some club, some coins, you know, splurge on earthbound, you will not regret it. So that's just been fun to play and nothing else with, you know, uh, the virtual console, you have that, uh, the quick, not the quick save, but the, the restore points you can create. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy. I can just load it up, do a couple battles, save it. and So it kind of works like a, yeah, it, yeah, it works, works like, like an emulator. emulator so really easy to progress. And I, I actually played a little Link to the Past as well. Mm. Uh, got through the first dungeon in the Dark World. So there's only like seven more to go there. So <laughs> got my work cut out for me there. To, I think I'm in the process of saving all the sages so I can get to ganon or whatever at that point so and uh yeah i played some heroes of the storm we went on last night we had a five game winning streak and that was fun so nice still playing that and i just want to mention that the star wars rebels finale is tonight actually it is airing or has aired already as we record this so i'm looking forward to watching that uh at some point yet maybe later tonight or definitely tomorrow I need to watch that still. Yeah, even when it's free, it. it's a, I still haven't watched it. It starts. I will say this: Rebels kind of starts a little rough, and everyone it's kind of like, nah, but then the storyline progresses, and they kind of get more into the characters and everything. Especially once they introduce Tarkin into the series, really ups the ante. And what it, interesting with for to this the finale is, Vader is makes an appearance, and then they've, they've been teasing all week that someone will fall. So uh, mm. is that going to be like another character, another? One of the Empire characters is going to die. Is one of this cast of the ghosts going to die? Who knows? Or, or is that just going to be a play on words and nobody's going to die? Yeah, and know. somebody just falls to the dark side or something. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to checking that out. And, man, I, I did not expect for me to be so long-winded on that, but that, that was everything. I know how it feels. <laughs> I know. Now I can sit over here with my arms crossed going, jeez, take no, long enough. No, you be like I do and sit there and look at the clock the whole time like, fuck, come on, come on. God, he's taking forever. To God, it's <laughs> run time. I want to be under an hour and a half. <laughs> the struggles uh, of producing things. That need producing. Yeah. Well, I'll talk really slow then to make up for oh, okay, the perfect. amount of things that I have to talk about. Um, yeah, like you said, I, I played a few games, but... Only more of the shotgun approach an hour here, 
now or there of like different things. So nothing I really want to speak at length about yet. Um, I'm still playing Inquisition, but I kind of took a break from it just because it's it's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but I know there's so much ahead of me that it's almost daunting. So I don't want to get burnt say, out. It's on probably it. a bit overwhelming to think about a little bit. Yes. Um, so I've had these two DVDs from Netflix sitting around for almost a, a week for some coasters, huh? Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, all right, time to watch these come hell or high water. So uh, the first one I watched was uh, Edge of Tomorrow. I think I watched that a couple days ago, three days ago, something like that. And um, this is the one that has Tom Cruise and he keeps coming back to life. Emily Blunt as well, right? Yeah, Emily Blunt. And uh, I guess this thing has been the name of this movie is confusing apparently because it was also called live die repeat or something like that (laughs) or it was confused for that name so i don't know but i'm calling it edge of tomorrow and uh so yeah it's about this guy who for some reason he keeps coming uh it's about tom cruise he starts off as an officer but he's kind of like a relations for the army he's not really um He's not really battle hardened, so to speak. So he starts off as an officer. Mm, well, mm. and they're they're fighting an alien threat. And it's been a few years now, or at least it's progressed at some point. And uh we finally developed technology to actually fight back and possibly win this thing. Well, he's um given over to the I think it was the British government, and he doesn't realize it and is asked bas- basically to go out to the front lines and um, make kind of a PR stunt of it. Hmm. And, uh, he's, he's a big, he's a big, uh, pussy and doesn't want to go out there to be frank. He's like, no, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather not, but I I can think of a few names of people that, that would be great to do what you, what you're looking for. So it's kind of funny to see, it's kind of funny to see, uh, Tom Cruise be kind of, a uh, you know, not the typical hero at first. So um no you haven't seen Tom Cruise until you've seen freaking Rock of Ages then you, then you see Tom Cruise in a weird <laughs> at his role. Best. Oh, oh god. In a weird role. Man, you really hate that movie, don't you? It just I don't uh <laughs> I already talked about that on the show once. Not I again. know, but uh so yeah, but anyways, long story short, they they have to battle some aliens and he figures out why he keeps coming back to life. And um it was pretty good. Like, I guess Mike was telling, I didn't know this, but Mike was telling me that when they first agreed to do the movie, like Tom Cruise was in on the idea of like somebody who had to keep coming back to life like that, but they didn't have a script yet, or at least it wasn't finished. So it was very interesting to see. Cause normally that's a really bad sign to start a movie without the script being finished. Like yeah, right. if star Wars didn't know how it was going to end and then they already started like, filming it oh that'd be terrible but uh it's actually pretty good um i would jason i actually think you would like it quite a bit i would recommend it yeah i've, had, um, I've had on my radar because you know you don't get a lot of decent sci-fi uh yeah. very often so yeah it, it was more action oriented than i i thought it would be too so it was uh it was good i i enjoyed it i i would give it probably like a four i um well, with a lot of sci-fi, usually that when they start explaining things, that's when it gets kind of like it either gets slow or it kind of trips up on its own trying to explain how things work. So thankfully, that doesn't happen too much here until towards the end. 
But uh, if you don't think too hard about it and just enjoy it for what it is, then kind of reminded me of Elysium a little bit. Not not in the plot, really. Uh, I, I can see that a little other bit. Other than, yeah, he does have an exoskeleton. Yeah. But but uh, just the look of it, like the, the gritty kind of feel to it and the sci-fi setting. I don't know. It, it was good, though. Um, hmm. And then I was very anxious to watch this movie because we had talked about how it beat out the Lego movie and um, some of the award ceremonies, uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2. And I, rem- uh, nice. I remember watching the first one, but it is, it's been a while. So when I popped this in and started watching it, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot that the main character lost his leg or his foot or whatever. And so like I had to think back onto onto what where I was basically and get caught back up to speed. But um, it was definitely interesting. I liked it a lot. There's quite a bit of lore in this one, like to kind of expand on the, the, um, the world a little bit. And I really liked that. It it felt very adventurous. So that was, that was really cool. Cause he's um, kind of going out with his dragon and like trying to map the surrounding area because their town of Burke or whatever it's called is pretty isolated. And so he encounters some um, uh, dragon trappers, basically, that are uh, amassing groups of dragons to give to this uh, warlord who they don't know who they never met this guy. And he's building a dragon army with these. And so like his philosophy is to become like master over the dragons as opposed to friends with them. And so like it's a pretty cool it has some pretty cool themes. And um, it's it treats adults with respect and children with respect in regards to like the story as to as to the stuff that happens in it. So it keeps I think it would keep both parties entertained. Like I watched it just by myself and I was entertained the whole time. So now what I I haven't seen any of these. So I would is it recommended I watch the first one before I would see the second yeah, one? Yeah, because it's pretty much a direct sequel. So I, you wouldn't have to, but I think your enjoyment of it would be slightly lessened just because you'd be like, what what's going on? Like you'd miss out on some of the in jokes and stuff like that. Um there are gotcha. There are a few like it's still a kids movie. So there's like a yeah, we showed him <laughs> like there's there's parts like that still. But um, I don't know. You know, I it didn't really answer as many questions for me as to why this other than like we said, with it being having more like world worldwide appeal than the Lego movie. I I still don't really see how. Wh- how uh, it lost out to this movie. It's almost like they're not even really comparable to me because one's really adventurous and and has a little bit of comedy with uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2. But there's more of like an action adventure type feel to it. And then Lego movie, you know, is more to me is more comedy with a little bit of action adventure. So I don't don't know. It it just. uh, Well, it doesn't matter because Big Big Hero 6 beat them all. So, (laughs) yeah, Uh, they're both great movies. So. This one, you know, especially for a sequel to be good, that's surprising. So, um, and then the, um, oh, I did want to mention this too. I actually today tried to watch Anchorman 2. It's been sitting on my list for like ever. I forgot about that movie. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. So did everybody else. Well, you're supposed to hit when the iron's hot and instead they just waited forever and then (laughs) said, oh, maybe we should make a second one. I really think. Don't get don't get me wrong. I I laughed 
during I only made it 45 minutes probably and I stopped but it wasn't because it was bad necessarily I did laugh and it was kind of cool to see like the old characters and stuff that I haven't seen for you know since the movie came out how however long ago that was um I have a feeling that these movies or this type of movie is going to go the way or is already going the way of like Austin Powers. Now, I like Austin Powers and I I think it's funny, but that's only because I remember watching it when I was, you know, 14 or 16 or whatever. Nowadays, that wouldn't hold up at all. And I think that that's what's happening here, too, is like that type of comedy isn't going to play well in a few more years. So, or even now really. So I think that's kind of why I got bored with it. Cause it was like, okay, you know, I've seen all these jokes already basically. Um, so yeah, I only made it less than an hour in and, um, I just kind of like, eh, I've, I feel like I've seen this already. Ah, <laughs> uh, ouch. Um, expected, I think though. Yeah. I think that was pretty much the consensus and probably why I hadn't watched up to this point yet. um, and then I had been reading, I haven't really talked about it, I don't think, unless it was when I started reading it, but this is a book that I got for my wife on the recommendation from someone who was on the film set that I was on in October uh, called The Night Circus. And I finally finished it tonight, and, or today, and uh, it was it was good at first, and then it kind of slowly leveled out to just okay (laughs) um Mm. it's about it's a at first you're not really sure what it's going to be about other than that there's magic that exists in the world and it's not like it's not like harry potter magic even magic (laughs) it's more like um illusionary magic or um kind of magic for the senses as opposed to being working magic necessarily um they don't cast spells in latin or anything like that but uh there is magic and what the what the book is mostly about is two types of thoughts on how to conduct magic or how to study magic uh exist and they are basically performing a game where two participants that they choose are forced to compete in a very loosely bound like set of rules in this game where they try to figure out which way is better. Basically, is it better to be this one school of magic or is it better to be this other school of magic? And of course it wouldn't be like a young adult book if it wasn't for the two characters falling in love, which is about the time that I started going, Ugh. thankfully it, it doesn't happen until towards the end of the book, surprisingly, but um, ah. it all takes place within like this this particular set of this game takes place in a circus and the circus is unlike any other circus because it's fueled with actual magic basically that okay. these two so like for instance one of the contestants makes an entire garden made out of ice another one makes a carousel that uh has living like horses dragons and stuff that are made out of wood Stuff like that. So um, it's kind of like an enhanced circus, basically. Um, so from that aspect, it was pretty cool um, to, to hear all the ideas that the writer could come up with and stuff like that. But when it came to like characters and stuff, it kind of got, you know, they're just kind of one note characters who all have 
one ambition, really. So I was glad to have it done, and it was it was pretty unique with the setting and everything. But hmm. it, at, at the end, I was just kind of like, it was on, it was okay. It if you like young adult books, because it definitely has that feel. Um, <clears throat> this is kind of somewhere in between, uh, Harry Potter. And I mean, it's like Harry Potter light, I guess. <laughs> okay. It's not quite as childish as that, but it's it's got that wonderment to it of a new world. So don't go in expecting like six books. Or I prefer like double that. mint over wonderment. Oh, I prefer Wonderman over anything. But oh, that's just boy. me. So that that's it, man. That's really that's really all I'm I've, I've been doing. Apparently, from the I guess we we did play a little hammer watch over the week, but we've talked about that i'm sure at some point or another or do we talk yes. about it i think I we know. talked about it last episode actually yeah i think so so let's, let's move along and that means it's time for the news very very serious business very somber tonight yeah it's a somber version at least at the very beginning yeah i I don't like announcing things like this. Nobody does, but this is, I I don't feel over like, I don't feel like I paid a lot of attention to his work, but I mean, it's still a huge part of this culture, the things we enjoy. And, you know, he had, had his, had his hands in a lot of things and definitely touched and affected a lot of people. Uh, Leonard Nimoy passed away this past week at the age of 83. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the car, it was from a uh, COPD is what he, uh, yep, uh, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. He was in the end stages of that. Uh, his wife, Susan Bay Nimoy, had confirmed. Um, you know, I, you know, obviously, you know, everyone has their introduction to Nimoy as Spock. I mean, that was the, that's the big thing from the years he played the character in Star Trek and in the films. And um, the fun fact that I learned that I never knew this, he directed Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> had no idea. That's like one of my wife's favorite movies, and he was he directed that. No idea. That's crazy. I would yeah. never have known that unless no, it... I know. And I personally, I, I always I love his uh, his work in the 1986 Transformers movie as Galvatron, and yes. then he actually I think the second Michael Bay film he plays a character. I, he does some voiceover and that as well. So Inter- interesting fun fact here: he's actually legendary actor. He has 12 directing credits. Including four uh, different TV episodes for different things like TJ Hooker and something called Night Gallery. But he also directed Is that like some 70s detective show. Yeah. I hope oh, so. yeah, for sure. Oh, 82. So pretty close. Uh, he also directed uh, Star Trek three and four by the looks of it. Three Men and a Baby, The Good Mother, a short movie, Funny About Love and Holy Matrimony. So the last thing he was in huh. besides uh, Star Wars or Star Wars, Star Trek was uh, Fringe. He was actually in the TV series Fringe, apparently. Oh, OK, so still pretty uh, relevant, you know. Yeah, I You know, I've seen like a lot of things, too, were in digital media, like a lot of sci fi games are paying tribute to him in some way, shape or form. And I saw that in Star Trek online, there's going to be like some monument thing to him or something. Like that. I was like, well, that's. That's a great thing that no one's going to see <laughs> who, who plays Star <laughs> yeah. Trek online. No kidding. Uh, I kid, I kid. But, you know, I, I've never been a huge Trek person. I, I've had the aspirations to go. I, like, I've seen hardly any of the, the original series. So I've 
had aspirations to kind of go back and revisit some of that, but I just don't know how difficult that is going to be. Um, very. I do. I do. I find it. <laughs> it humorous that, like, uh, I've you know, I, as I've mentioned on the sh- the show many times, I listened to a few podcasts that Scott Johnson creates, and he had said before how much he hated the fact that they kind of shoehorned uh, Spock, old Spock, to conversing with new Spock in the the Star Trek films. But now, of course, he's like, oh, but now it's great that that's there. So I take it all back. I'm a big hypocrite. <laughs> you know. <laughs> He always reminded me, like, especially when he got older, as somebody's like, like he, like he looks very grandpa-ish, like very stereotypical <laughs> grandpa-ish. So, but uh, yeah, he's like you said, he wasn't really a part of my life as far as the things I watched, but I always thought he was pretty cool whenever I saw yeah, him. In still a tremendous, and... tremendous force, and I, if I remember correctly, a lot of the stuff about the character and just the Vulcan race, he personally had a hand in creating you know he shaped did a lot of that came up with a lot of the ideas and so sad sad thing to have to report but you know it's in his memory we continue on and you know he would have want us to be all sad on our podcast he'd want us to soldier on and to deliver more great news so that's what we will do in honor of exactly exactly and if you've listened to the show at all in the past, we've talked about virtual reality and like the headsets and what's going on with this little company called Oculus. Well, guess what? Now Valve is getting into the VR game. And if, if it's any indication of how well they can produce a Steam controller, I'm not too, <laughs> It'll, not we'll too impressed with it. this. Uh, they are getting into the world of VR, creating their own headset, which is at this point in time called the Vine. And HTC is going to be the one manufacturing it. Um, did you say he, Vine or Vive? Vi, did I, I might have said I did say Vine. It is Vive. Either you. way, that's a stupid name. Yeah. <laughs> Vine yeah. would have been better. Vive is terrible. <laughs> and I guess this uh, it looks like they're going to have some presence with it at uh, the Game Developers Game Developers Conference, which is going on right now. Um, let's see the specs here. It is it boasts two 12 by 1080 displays that refresh at 90 frames per second. And according to HTC, this will allow the device to fill your field of vision in all directions, eliminating the jitter common to previous VR technologies. Um, it boasts a gyro sensor, accelerometer, and laser positioning sensor, uh, along with something called the Steam VR Base Station, which allow you to control your avatar's movement by physically walking around your room in spaces 15 by 15. Yep, don't like that idea already. Uh Let's see. Looks like HTC made wireless game controllers will be available for more complex interactions that don't rely on your feet. Mm, uh, consumer versions planned for release in 2015. So uh, this year, you know what? This is the problem with technology like this, especially when it comes to video games. Is when you f- flood the market with all these me different too. options. The me too. The me too. Yeah, grab onto the the coattails. It it confuses people and like it hasn't even been proven like there's obviously an interest for it, but it hasn't been proven that it'll sell because there's difference between all these videos for it and everything and watching other people play it at um, different conferences. But to actually have someone go out and buy it is a completely different, you know, that's a completely yeah. different uh, thing to, to base your like you said, the me too attitude. I feel like, unfortunately for me, I think if I ever looked at getting one of these headsets, I think all I would be able to get it for is the immersion factor. I really don't think I could take advantage of the VR 
side of things if just playing well okay dark forces is kind of a bad indicator because like we said too there's some weird stretching and skewing that that game does with that the would mouse. make you throw up yeah. instantly <laughs> so maybe i could handle the motion stuff but i mean really i want to play hawking with that headset so one of those needs to come out now because i don't know who knows how much longer those servers are going to be up yeah no kidding well like you say it it's definitely i need to know what games are going to be compatible with it before because if it's just going to be a bunch of first person shooter things then then yeah like my wallet the problem with like once you buy this you're kind of stuck with if it if it's only available for specific games or whatever like if it's not across the board or basically across the board support then i need to know what games are coming out because if it's just a bunch of stuff i'm probably not going to play anyway then i'm not going to you know, bother with it, even though I want to. I need so. a Star Wars flight sim that lets me go through the Death Star Trench, the Death Star, the Death Star yep. Trench, <laughs> and then go through. Uh, actually, Hoth would be sweet. Being able to look completely around your cockpit while trying to. Oh, could you imagine if they? Things. Could you imagine if you get out and you have like your character has goggles, so like you can see the snow, kind of like build up in the frost oh. around it, <laughs> so it'd be kind of like blurred up because. Hey, uh, if anybody from DICE has listened to this podcast, they probably want to put that <laughs> in Battlefront 3. Or hire us. We're a great idea, guys. <laughs> we don't know how to do anything except make a podcast, but even that's kind of stretching that's it kinda, a little bit. Yeah. By the way, did you see Unreal Engine 4 is free now, apparently? I, I did see that. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Some, some, some stuff coming down the pipeline from that. Yep. Speaking of games and things returning, uh, Guitar Hero. Apparently, might be coming back. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked in this article too much, but I think I believe um, Rock Band is also on the verge of a reappearance. But this is uh, coming from Activision. They are making a new Guitar Hero game for release this year, and this is according to Kotaku UK. It'll be the first the first Guitar Hero game in four years, and after development ended in February 2011, after Guitar Hero Five, um, looks like it'll be coming from uh, Xbox One and PlayStation Four, and you should see some sort of announcement at E3 in June. So, uh, like I mentioned, looks like uh, Harmonix recently has released new content for Rock Band um, after two years of silence, and then it, they had sent out a survey. Um, asking fans which consoles they owned and which aspects of Rock Band they liked most and whether they still own plastic guitars and drum kits. And a Harmonix rep told us, this is uh, Engadget, told us in January that hundreds of thousands of people still plugged into Rock Band every month, and that figure didn't include people playing offline. So, yeah, I mean, that market kind of crashed and burned. Um, kind of oversaturation. Yeah, a little bit. And, uh, you know, personally... Here's the thing with Rock Band. If I had, you know, a couple of friends want to come over and be like, hey, let's play Rock Band, anytime. I will plug that shit in anytime and play that because oh, that's yeah. some of the some of the most of the one I had um was obviously always drinking was involved. But <laughs> was you know, I mean we used to do used to always have the Halloween big rock parties. band parties for yeah. Halloween and um in the summer and it, it was just it was just fun to get together with your friends and 
A, because you just don't get that many people around all the time, and then B, it was just fun. So well, it, it's always great to get a bunch of people together and play that stuff. It's like karaoke, but you have a couple other people who can also do things, too. They don't just right. have to stand there and watch you sing. So, Yeah, yeah. no, I don't know. I, I mean, I probably won't buy it, but I think that it's cool that they're going to, like you said, like it kind of burned everybody, I think, with all the plastic guitars and everything because those things aren't cheap so if you still have them then it'd be good to get some updates i mean it's been long enough now where it's probably better just to update or just to make a new game update the graphics and get the music that they've missed this you know this far in as opposed to just releasing it as dlc yeah and that's uh it's interesting you know it's an interesting idea to revisit and who knows? If it's it, successful, it's successful. They yeah. said the art style is going to be more realistic instead of cartoony this time right. around. And, so and I think the big weird. problem you see with things like that is with retailers because, you know, if they're selling all those instruments and things like that, takes, well, that takes up a lot of shelf space. Yeah. So that's a big investment for a retailer to get into. But I, mm-hmm. I remember buying, the you know, the Rock Band box on, like, Black Friday. Uh, man, like, oh, boy. <laughs> I remember Six, seven years ago and how awesome it was. So I remember buying drums and having them break after like a month <laughs> of use. So that was yeah. really cool. Oh, and speaking of things that are old and timeless, uh, World of Warcraft, <laughs> you know, that RPG that still exists. Well, they are considering it's not it's not going to go free to play anytime soon, but they have uh, something that are going to be adding to the game called WoW Tokens. Um, wow tokens. Wow tokens. So if you've played Eve Online, this might be something similar to like the Plex system. So the WoW tokens can be purchased by players with real money, and then they can turn around and sell those tokens at the World of Warcraft auction house. And other players can then buy those tokens off the auction house with in-game gold, and then once purchased, they can redeem that for 30 days of game time. So you're looking at a way to use fake currency to maintain the game to keep your subscription active so you had a shit ton of gold you could play the game for free technically what's weird though is that somebody still has to buy it somewhere down the line right so there's still that yeah that seems weird but i I mean i guess there's there's many times i thought like man you know it'd be fun to play world of warcraft again but that's the thing if i i don't it's really hard for me right now to justify paying a subscription for anything. Like none of my, I don't have a subscription for any of my game services any longer. You know, I don't have Xbox live. Uh, I don't pay I, any MMO I'm playing right now is free to play or, you know, buy to play. It's just, it's hard for me to say, okay, I'm going to pay $20 a month and I might get to play this thing two to five hours a week that I just can't. Yeah. But I mean, the, the hindsight of that too, is you say, okay, if you go to a movie, you usually have a date, so you're looking at 20 bucks for two tickets for two hours of entertainment. So, I mean, it, it does equal out, but I mean... But you don't have a date when you play World of Warcraft. Oh, I usually. do. Titania. Oh, God. But... Uh, How do you know my username? <laughs> World of Warcraft was fun. I I really just need Blizzard to make Warcraft 4. Please. 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 Yeah, I wonder how long that... Or StarCraft-based... Remember they were going to do the StarCraft-based MMORPG yeah, for a rumor. while? Yeah. That would I, be fucking sweet now. I, I love the the lore of WarCraft. It's just it's unfortunate WarCraft is just now forever associated with the world of yeah. WarCraft. Yeah. Because I love the story. I, I don't know, like, WarCraft, Orcs and Humans that much, but WarCraft 2 
and then the expansion beyond the dark portal, all that stuff. You know, I ate that stuff up as a kid, and then uh, Warcraft three, oh, loved it. That's why I think that, and I think I, I've mentioned this before. That's why I that allure to Heroes of the Storm is because you know you get back in with some of those Warcraft characters and all that fun stuff. That uh, for the horde, I remember for the horde, indeed. Uh, I thought it'd be fun to do a little Kickstarter roundup here. There's been a couple interesting product uh, projects that have um, popped up on the old service recently. Uh, I, I briefly talked to you about one. Um, there's yes. this new MMO. Like every MMO says that we're going to be different than every MMO that's launched called Crowfall, a throne war MMO. They say it's like it's a combination of Game of Thrones meets EVE Online. And I'm not going to go into the and explain everything here, but it's two two industry vets have launched this, and with 23 days to go, they're already at 119 percent funded. Yeah, I watched so, the video, and it's pretty explanatory. Yeah, so and it looks. I like the art style, and the game looks cool. Don't get me wrong. Um, I like the art style of the characters, but the environments leave a little bit to be desired. Yeah, and it's early, so I mean, I, I they're going to clean that up for sure. Yeah, pre-alpha footage, so that means yeah. everything's going to change probably. So, so right now, <laughs> you can get you can get a digital copy of the game and access to the second beta for thirty four bucks. So you're, you'd save off the final retail price. But this game is not looking to launch until December of twenty sixteen, and um that's a long time that's well over a year from now they have and, a lot to show for being that far out yeah. but you know how much it could change from i mean oh that, yeah. that's scary well like and, uh, like we've always said kickstarter is basically throwing away money yeah. as far as like don't expect you're not an investor you're just you're a backer yeah and the thing with this is that it's they're saying that it would be looking to be buy to play so any subscription model would be optional and would what the benefits from subscript subscribing haven't yet been determined so that that immediately i'm like oh okay because uh you know we've talked about this offside the show but uh multiplane the forum and site they that's how i first heard about this they had to post it on there and i saw some mutterings on like a couple irc channels like oh so i looked into it and like kind of the idea of how it's you know it's uh it's not a completely static world like you engage in these battles and then those game worlds are destroyed afterwards but your characters always stay the same you know that that progression carries over but then like that the worlds you're competing in are only temporary because i guess like how they describe it in the in a lot of their promo materials is like imagine playing your family in the holidays gets down and plays a game of risk and you play for a couple hours and then at the end of that that game session the game is saved and you come back next year and you keep playing that same game of risk so someone's going to be on top and it's going to stay on top and that's kind of how the experience for mmos in a way is it's like people that are can raid or get you know this top gear stay at these top positions and everyone it's hard for other people to compete with that well on this you're playing a new game every time like so i guess that's the run of the mill tell me like i'm five explanation of it mm-hmm so it's something to keep an eye on. I'm interested. Like any MMOs, I, I kind of keep an eye on things. And yeah, we apparently see. like to buy MMOs and then not play them except for maybe a month. <laughs> no, we play so we keep playing Star Wars. I've sunk yeah, a bunch that's of time true. in. And the fact that it's still free, and I mean, I'm still playing it here and there now. If and, I... No, go ahead. Oh, I'm just about to intro the next one, so if you have uh, a... Oh, I was just going to say, if I knew how much time I spent on Ultima Online in my lifetime, I'd probably <laughs> go cry, so... Can't top uh, that, really. And this next one is long overdue, and I feel like it's near and dear to my heart, even though I never 
played the original that much when it first came out. Toe Jam and Earl back Hell in yeah. the groove. So this is a spiritual, not even a spiritual, spiritual. This is the, like a successor to the original game. Uh, it's made like a by, reboot almost. By the yeah, made by one half of the original creators of the game. Uh, is it Chad Johnson? Where is his information here? See, I even got the music stuck in my head. Greg Johnson. So, it, 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 and it's that same, what you expect from the original game, that multi-tiered world um, with the same type of vertical progression traveling between the different planes. And it's got this really cool, right now, like a 3D look, but it's got, as they describe it in the their promos, a underground comic aesthetic to the characters and everything and so it looks it's exa- it's basically what you would expect if you took the original total jam and earl and then spruced up with the new fresh coat of paint that's what this game looks like it's like perfectly captures that original game and that's that's the sequel they always wanted to make but you know based on when you're working with the publisher you know the people that are footing the bill you know they have to take their wants into consideration so when they set out to make the sequel they originally wanted something like this and then you know sega's kind of like well you know platform 2d platformers are pretty popular we want you to make that so instead we got uh panic on funkatron which was actually the first toe jam and earl game i had played and then i had played the the original after that but and that game wasn't too bad it just you know fans kind of confused because they wanted they were expecting the original and then Mm -hmm. on the xbox you know, again, I, uh, I I think he says in here, like, or at least in everybody read, like, how far they had these games complete. And then they're like, well, actually, can you make it more like this? So then the game on the Xbox became, was an Xbox exclusive, became like a 3D over-the-shoulder platformer type thing. And again, was it just didn't hold up to what Toad Jam and Earl did best. So uh, this project is at 24 days to go. And we're sitting at uh, 199000 out of a $400,000 goal. It's halfway there already. So, yep, halfway. I'm hoping that I mean, this didn't take off quite as fast as Crowfall, but for 15 bucks, you can get the uh, digital copy of the game. So, and not that I would ever pay for any of these, but if you go down to the, some of the physical rewards, they got some pretty crazy shit in here, like T-shirts, sweatshirts, all that thing, but the crazy thing here is they have some pretty sweet um like little like little figurines like you can get the Ratmaster rocket like their their ship mm-hmm. 6 inches tall that one that costs you like 200 bucks that whole uh backing uh platform level uh, but they also have these like 5 inch vinyl Toad Jam and Earl figures i just want those <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> it looks sweet that would be awesome on the desk so uh, I'm looking forward to this this game uh, being resurrected. So I, I hope this uh, this gets funded. It looks like it will. I mean, it's sitting halfway, you always pick up traction in those last you know like the last week especially. Um, so I, I definitely hope to to at least get the back it for the the digital game. Sc- scrolling through here, the the very bottom rewards pledge or pledge uh, of ten thousand dollars. One of the rewards <laughs> yeah. here on here are on here says invitation to play the Toe, Toe Jam and Earl board game and other Ooh. games at Humanitar Studios. I like this. Very cool. Gosh, could you imagine? Like they have one backer at that level. Somebody paid ten thousand dollars. That is so yeah. crazy to me. Gosh, I wish I had that kind of money. <laughs> And that, uh, that concludes the game segment, so let's head over to movies. Uh, stop. Okay. Our starting headline, Adventure Time, is going to be a movie. Come on, grab your friends. 
We're going to go to the very big screen lands. Yeah. So <laughs> Adventure Time coming to the big screen. I only, I'm only in the second season of Adventure Time because that's all that's on Netflix. Yeah, I haven't watched it on Cartoon Network even though I could. <laughs> Just flaunt it, why don't you? I have to say I like it. I like the art style. I like the humor. So uh, I'd say most a lot of people have watched that or are familiar with it. So what's yeah. what's to say here? It's going to be um, it'll be produced by Chris McKay and Roy Lee, uh, Cartoon Network, and Pendleton Ward, who is the creator of the series, are involved as well. Uh, looks like Warner Brothers is the studio. Uh, McKay was one of the executive producers on the Lego Movie. Uh, he has been hired to direct the Lego Batman movie and was also one of the geniuses behind Robot Chicken. Hmm. Uh, Roy Lee is producing the Lego Batman movie and also produced um, the Lego movie. And let's see, Cartoon Network Studios will be involved in the production, as will Ward, who will have some involvement in writing and producing the feature version. So that's all that at least this article has posted. So it's it's a yes from me. Oh boy! So, I do not. That the the crowd that's going to go see that is going to be the oh, yeah. most annoying oh, yeah. crowd. I probably don't know if I could see it in the theater or not. No, it's just going to be a bunch of people wearing stupid, hey, the stupid hats. They hate us because they ain't us. Oh jeez, okay. man, you're you're gonna. I'm gonna have to put up a counter soon because I tell you I, what I, I I hate to say it because I I, sh- I shit on this movie profusely but <laughs> I did not it did not disappoint me okay I don't know why maybe I am a firework okay uh, I I would believe, I will show you what I'm worth please please and Wait. since okay it, like I I like the rest of this movie news we have here but yeah. this one this one I'm the most skeptical of because Uh-oh. it's what you would want but I'm just worried about it after all these years you know the Blade Runner 2 sequel is happening and Harrison Ford is confirmed to return as Rick Deckard Rick Deckard and man man are I, we going to be able to understand what he's saying cuz he's all rough and gruff now man, well it's kind of funny because they've talked about how in part of the allure of the first film was like, um, was is he real? Maybe he's a replicant too. You know, yeah. is, is Rick Deckard even human? Well, now he has to be a, a human because you know, replicant he doesn't age. age yeah, so, well, he only lasted for like what five or eight years. Like that was the thing. Yeah, that they were trying yeah. to solve was he only lasts for five years or something. So like I'm that. like, okay, I'm pumped to see another Blade Runner movie. I'm after you know we both like Shadowrun. I'm excited to see something in this whole setting. I, I'm just, you know, is it too much? Like, cause let's face it, look what happened. I love Indiana Jones, but look at Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Not to say mm-hmm. that if, you know, the writing or the plot could have been twisted, if, you know, things wouldn't have been that, you know, fantastical with that. But uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that it's happening. I'm just a little skeptical on what it's going to, what it's going to happen here. And it's like uh 2016 is when the shooting will start that summer. And it won't even hit until maybe 2017 at the earliest. So we've got a while to wait on this. That means Harrison Ford's going to be even older. Oh gosh. Oh, I guess, by the... I guess seeing star Wars is really going to be an indication of maybe what to expect here. You know? Yeah, that's true. Or at least a barometer. Of... I really need to own this movie. That's the thing. And I really need to own Blade Runner. And, it's uh, it's hard to watch though. I I I love the movie, but 
it is lo- it's fairly long and it moves fairly slow. I don't it's care, one of those Lucas. weird it's one of those weird movies where like I want to watch it every year, but then that's and that's it. Uh, mm. it you know so what if I mean? Anyone owns any of the various versions, which one should I get? There's like the director's cut, there's the like the 20th anniversary edition or whatever. One of them has all the cuts on it. I can't oh, okay. remember which one. I, I, I actually, it was the I one that I rented. It. <laughs> it's the one that I rented from uh, when I watched it on Blu-ray recently. Mm. Amazing on Blu-ray, by the way. Ew. And speaking of movies returning and people coming back to old characters, Pee Wee Herman <laughs> another, has having another movie and uh, being for Netflix. So, uh, produced by Judd Apatow and uh, Paul oh, Rubens. Gosh, so, that's an uh, that's an uh, weird combination. Crazy. I will say, you know, I mean, I remember I used to watch uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse every Saturday, so I loved uh, that show growing up. Plus, he had Cowboy Curtis played by you know uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Come on, <laughs> what if I told you? Yeah, he didn't say that then. So, no. not much to the comment here. Just that that's going to happen. And I, I remember he was on. Uh, was he on Jimmy Fallon, I think, and was hinting that you know there's going to be an announcement coming. So uh, it should be interesting to, to see that just happen, you know. Yeah. You think Large uh, Marge will be in it or whatever her name was? <laughs> I, I don't know what Large Marge is. Marge, that's the trucker, the trucker lady who. Oh, I don't remember that. What? Uh, isn't it Large Marge? Uh, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, Large March. Pee Wee Herman, Large March. She's the truck driver. She does the face. Let me see her. I look at her up first. Oh gosh, is she in the uh the movie? Yeah. Oh, uh, see, under the Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's what oh, okay. It was. So, yeah, I haven't seen those in a long time, so that's that's a little uh, bit that's that probably face, the that face o- is awesome. That's probably the only one that I've ever seen, actually. <laughs> Oh, okay. I've seen parts of what's the one where he's trying to get his bike back? Uh, people, something in the big top one or whatever. Yeah, under the big top or yeah, something. Yeah, I like think that. so. That's the one that was direct. Who directed that? It was uh Tim Burton, wasn't it? What this one? Uh, the one either Pee Wee's Adventure or the big top one. One of those. Tim Burton was he was the director of. I can't remember which one it is though. It wouldn't surprise me if it was. Uh... I think it was the one with the bike. But I oh, think he was. No, it's big adventure. Oh, okay. Which is which has the bike. So I'm oh, an okay. idiot That's, and just okay. okay so thought. people so like, are. I'm, I was like, I'm pretty sure big adventure involved him trying to get his bike back. So, so I definitely haven't seen the other ones. Then sorry, you know, everyone he, who's he just yelling. That, he probably took that bike off some sweet jumps too. Oh, for got sure, like dude. I'm pretty sure you're doing that. Some shocks and some pegs. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> and this is a theory of this week's news: is old Uh-oh. stuff coming back? Um, Disney XD is bringing back Ducktales. For a launch in 2017, not re-airing. We're talking about new, new Ducktales. So nice. I was kind of shocked when I heard when this aired because I remember watching. I must have been syndicated, but I remember watching this all the time after school. Yeah, 1987 to 1990. So I was only for between four and seven when that originally aired. So I definitely probably didn't. There's no way I could remember watching that. (laughs) No. Two things. Life is like a mystery. And number two. Uh. Do you think they'll use the original theme music and redo it? I hope so. God, I hope so too. <laughs> and so, get that the original guy who did it. <laughs> somewhat related to this too, I think like uh 
Netflix is getting the UK version of uh, Inspector Gadget. There was a UK version? I guess so. I don't know any much more on that. But yeah, back on subject. Yep, DuckTales coming back. Um, that's cool to me because that was a that was a fun show to watch. Yeah, I'm wondering. I wonder what the art style is going to look like. I have a feeling it's going to kind of look like the uh, some of the Cartoon Network type stuff. I hope mm. not, but uh, with the thick like black lines and and stuff like that. I hope not though. Yeah. But. And yeah, I love Ducktales. Yeah, it's good stuff. It feels good. And our last piece, going into technology, because this is important. Getting serious been, again. It's been uh, you know highly discussed and highly protested and lobbied and. Everything, uh, net neutrality, the FCC approved its long-awaited network neutrality plan, which reclassifies broadband internet as a Title II public utility and gives the agency more regulatory power in the process. So what this is important to say, so you can't have somebody like Netflix say, hey, Comcast, we're going to pay you, you know, or Comcast say, you know, you you can't, there's not going to be any, you can't charge for, premier access essentially you know you don't have to worry yeah. about somebody trying to muscle their way in and say oh well netflix if you pay us a little more we'll make sure that your service runs better you know netflix is only gonna run better on comcast whether if you had at&t or something like that which i think that's what broadband should be it should be a a, a utility you know yeah well it is that's what i have it listed under my budget as so clearly <laughs> it is so I mean, I, I'm surprised it took this long for them to, you know, do something like that. Like, yeah, that Netflix was like, wait a minute. You know, if we partnered up with Comcast. Yeah, I mean, you that can't, just means you can't it would have never people work. having to pay for, you know, pay, pay for premier access. You know, this had to be kept, you know, fair market. Across that the board. would have been ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're going to do a poor job of explaining this like we do anything important. But I mean, this this is an Engadget article I have linked here. This will have a lot more detail than what we have. But the important thing is here that this that, you know, the FCC got it right. And I have to say this picture that they have underneath the protesters with the three people holding hands <laughs> that are on the board. It's just so chody looking. <laughs> we it did just, it! Yay, we voted on it. Well, Ugh. here's a good thing right here. It'll ban things like paid prom- uh, paid prioritization, a tactic some ISPs use to get additional fees from bandwidth-heavy companies like Netflix, as well yep. as the slowdown of lawful content, whatever that means. They put it in uh, quotation marks, so mm. I don't know. So that's the thing you have to remember, too, is that there was that big deal that Netflix made with Comcast, too. You know, that they paid I don't know however much money for blah 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 so yeah oh this is this is a good this is a good thing for everyone that's using the internet right now to listen to the show it's not good for big business you fight the power (laughs) and with that our news day has been completed we're done right i hope you feel enlightened and somewhat educated as only the news according to us can do for you if you feel educated after speaking with us, then you've got a problem. You know, there's some subjects that we're pretty well versed on. I mean, hey, we've got my brother hyped up to play Dead of Winter because we've <laughs> talked about true. it on the podcast enough times. So That's true. You know, I, you can get a good look at a T-bone steak by sticking your head up a bull's ass, <laughs> but you'd probably better take your butcher's word for it. You know, That's true. Tommy boy, get some. I don't think butchers stick their heads up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it has to be your bull. I mean, your butcher. 
What about Red Bull? Anyway, how about we hear? <laughs> how about we play some music and take a little break here? Yes, uh, we clearly need it. It's the time where we talk about Overclocked Remix. And speaking of that, uh, after PAX East is going on this week, so I finally got. We might have a little uh, scheduled interview with some or guests from the old admin side of Overclocked Remix coming up uh, after PAX East because I, I got a response on that request finally. So finale, we'll get that getting that working out anyway uh in honor of the kickstarter our uh, our jam this week is coming from toe jam and earl the yes. classic game for the sega genesis uh released in good old 1992 uh the song is toe jam jammin which is the i believe it's the theme song for the game so mm-hmm. this is what's to know with this remix it's it's an actual instrumental remix i mean it's by that i mean it's actually played on all instruments i feel like a lot of these remixes it's all uh, is am I right by saying digital digital music and it's all like yeah beeps and boops beeps and boops and it's beeps not beeps and boops it's so this is like recorded guitars and horns and piano and what all are those that. and slap of the bass man <laughs> so, slap of the bass uh, there's a great remix or I shouldn't say remix but a great cover of this song that's done by uh, the One Ups so if you ever I really love their music so if you ever get a chance to listen to that. I would I recommend checking that out. This is by uh, Jake Kaufman, um, and it's called Wake Up, which is uh, what you usually hear Toe Jam and Earl yelling at each other in the game. Wake up! Um, looks like he's done mm, 12 remixes uh, on the site. So, well, that's not quite right, because when I look at that 12, those aren't listed by him. So he's done a few other remixes, so... It's going to be good. That's what I'm trying, that's <laughs> I what I'm trying to get at here. Where are you going I with don't this? know where I was going with that. So anyway, if you like slap bass, you like some funky schnit, that's what you can expect here. So, for a treat. Yeah, this is Wake Up by Jake Kaufman. And as always, you can find this remix and many more at ocremix.org.
The other kids make fun of him because of how young he looks. Nobody includes him. They call him the narc behind his back. They do? One day, you'll be cool. So you're the kid who's been sending me those articles from the school newspaper. What do you like, the star of your school? They hate me. This is Rolling Stone magazine. We got a couple copies of your stories. I think you should be writing for us. We can only pay, let me see, $700. All right, a grand. Does anybody remember laughter? I'd like to interview you or somebody from your band. Oh, the enemy, a rock writer. How old are you? 17. Me too. Actually, I'm 16. Me too. Isn't it funny? The truth just sounds different. I'm 15. If you're going to be a true journalist, you cannot make friends with the rock star. They're going to fly you places for free. You're going to meet girls. Oh, God, it's going to get ugly. I am telling secrets to the one guy you don't tell secrets to. I know what's going on. Your mom called! I have family members with severe anxiety problems. Hey, you want to go to a party with some good people looking to have a good time? Don't take drugs! Don't take drugs! Your mom kind of freaked me out. It's Bowie! Rock stars have kidnapped my son. I am a golden god! <laughs> Go home. You are home. Oh man, you made friends with them. Well, it was fun. Because they make you feel cool. And hey, I met you. You are not cool. Well, damn, that was funky. Funky five. I do not lie. You don't. That's true. Uh. So let's talk net next flixlation, shall we? P- apparently neither of us can yes, talk tonight. Please. All right. So this week's Netflixation was almost famous. The dramedy. Yeah. More of a comedy, really, than a dramedy. But anyway, uh Netflix described it as this. In the early nineteen seventies, William Miller writes about the band Stillwater on a cross country tour, learning about friendship and love along the way. Gosh, that sounds so chody and stupid. Yep. Um, thankfully, for me at least, it wasn't as chody and stupid as it sounded. Uh, are you ready for the five-sentence synopsis? No, but do it anyway. It's my superpower, bitch. All right. Uh, number one, before, <laughs> before, before moving out of her mom's... Looks like talking wasn't your superpower. That's true. Before moving out of her mom's house on bad terms, William Miller's sister leaves a cash. Is it a cash or is it a cachet? A cashy? I don't know. A cache of vinyl records under his bed that opens young Will's world to the culture of rock music. Number two. Fast forward four years and a highly intelligent and motivated William gets a gig writing for Cream, a magazine dedicated to telling true stories behind the scenes of current rock bands. 
Um, it's like behind the music. It is. Number three, Williams' article earns the attention of Rolling Stone magazine as he chronicles his journey with the band Stillwater. But William is caught between the world of a music journalist who believes in truth in journalism and growing relationships with members of the band and their tour group. Number four, as his time winds down with the band, he is unable to score an interview with the lead guitarist, one of the members that is seen by the music community as a step above the rest of the members of the band. And William turns in a story about these up-and-comers, leaving in all the details. All the details. Yes. Number five. After reading the article, the band refutes everything that William wrote about, leaving him looking like a fool, left to return to his regular life feeling like a failure. But was he? I'm not going to spoil it for you, because if you didn't watch it, you should. But now you can't, because Netflix has pulled it. No, that's true. But you could always go to your local video blockbuster store. (laughs) And, oh, wait. You could go to your local Redbox. Oh, wait, that doesn't work either, because they only... They don't have, like, older movies. So I guess you're screwed. Just download it on the internet. You're going to carry have to carry most of this, because I don't... For some reason, I don't know why. And... I don't remember how it was the first time I'd watched this, but mm-hmm. it was hard for me to get through this. Really? And I don't know if it's, I just don't like Kate Hudson's character in this. I don't like the, her role or like something about her character yeah. just annoys me. I don't know what it is, but I just, man, it was like, and, and it's, it's like weird because it's, it's it. not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not like it's bad. You know, it's not a bad movie. I just didn't. I don't know. I just Couldn't don't get really, into it. I just don't care for it, I guess. And, and I can't really explain why. That's okay. Any of the reasons for it? Because I I, I don't nah, I, I feel like I should like this, you know? It's You're you're but, running into that thing that when you like especially as somebody who has gone to film school when you have to admit that something was well made or good or, as far as like the quality of it. But it's just not for you. You're like, it's like everyone could be in love with this certain movie and you have to be like, yeah, it was good, but it's just not for me. I don't like it. And that's okay, Jason. That is okay. I won't, I won't scold you for, I won't pull the, the, well, actually this is one of the best movies ever made. And here are five reasons why. Uh, Cause I understand that no matter how good a movie is, there's always going to be somebody who didn't like it. And that's important to know. Well, okay, Jason. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because uh, I actually, because of the the time constraints of having to watch this by Saturday, I watched it on Saturday, but I didn't write the notes for it until uh, today. So my my memory was a little bit fuzzy as to maybe the specifics and, I mean, the synopsis that I just gave you does not even mention like the love story that happens or anything like that. So there is a lot more to this movie than what I just said, but um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of like the main thread line throughout the entire movie. So, um, yeah, like you said, it, it is very, it's, it's very, uh, there's not a lot of action happening. Let's just put it that way. It's, it is, Kind of like a character piece, and you know, I guess that's where you could get the drama it's, from. Is yeah, that I it's, mean, it's the dynamics between these characters. I mean, that's exactly. Most importantly, it is kind of a, a, a another coming, coming of, of age. age. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Coming of age tale brought to you by Netflixation, care of the oh. most podcast. Ooh, P.S. Uh, we love you. I don't know. Well, I love anyways, you. I love you. 
Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, along with kind of that whole thing, he is learning about um, relationships because and stuff like that. Because what you learn out or what you find out early in the movie is that his mom, at first, it kind of seemed like they were going to say that she was like controlling and stuff, but I think she's just protective because she's kind of a she's um, an intelligent woman. She's a teacher. And uh, I think she just uh, wants what's best for her children. So she's doing the best that she can. And uh, I think that leaves him pretty sheltered. So, you know, finding these records and which are, are banned by his mom because she thinks that pretty much anything rock and roll is only about sex, drugs and alcohol. Um, so that's kind of like where you start in this movie. And then, you know, along with everything that I have already said, there's him kind of learning how to be uh, less of a dork, I guess, because he is a pretty big dork. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like where the coming of age part of this whole movie um, comes from. So let's talk about what I liked. And there's there's quite a bit that I liked about this movie, and there's not that much that I disliked. Um, I'm not that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the greatest movie ever, but uh you know, it's kind of hard to I don't like to be too pick apart and naggy about certain things. So I'm not going to like say that this one shot. I mean, I've, I know I've done it before, but um, I'm not going to make a whole I'm not going to go out of my way to find things that I hate. It's just the stuff that sticks out in my mind, especially after watching it, you know, two days prior. So if it's still stuck with me, then it must have been something I felt strongly about or or whatever. Um, so what I liked story wise um, I really like the pacing of this story. Uh, it gets kind of like right off the bat, you're learning about who these characters are. And right. I really feel like a lot of like right from that, right from the get go, it's kind of like, all right, we, we meet these characters. We see who this kid is. We see how he came to be who he is now. Um, we see kind of what his dreams and hopes are. And then we're into the story. We're into the adventure. And I, I, I like that. Like, give me 10 to 15 minutes of setup and then let's let's go. And this is a great example of one of those movies that does that, especially with something that could actually be kind of long and drawn out at the beginning. And, and sometimes, you know, movies like this tend to get a little history heavy as to, like, who these people are before the adventure happens. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Um, yeah. And there, there weren't really any scenes in my mind that I was just like, Oh, could, could we get this over with or sequence of scenes? So I thought overall it was a great, great pacing and great length of the movie. And I wasn't bored with it. Thankfully. Um, Patrick Fugit, I'm assuming it's Fugit, not fuck it because that would be horrible <laughs> for this poor kid. Uh, well kid at the time. He owned that role. Like for me, he is William Miller because when I was, I was looking up some other stuff to see like what he'd done recently. And even now that he's, you know, however many years older, he still to me is this character for some reason probably helps that I, I have seen him in other things unknowingly, like before I would have even thought to remember who he was, but like now he is this kid. And I think he does a great job of coming off. It's kind of like, it's like if Michael Sarah was downplayed 
Like he doesn't have to be awkward, funny to be awkward. And that's yeah, kind of yeah. refreshing for me because like if this was made now, it would be Michael Sarah or his, you know, doppelganger, whatever, whatever his name is. Um, Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg, not doppelganger, but basically acts exactly the same way. Um, that would star in this role. So it was kind of refreshing to see that. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, of course, you know, always does, as far as I'm concerned, does a great job playing whatever character he's given. And this was kind of interesting to me because he's a little bit younger than especially the stuff we've seen now or lately, obviously. But uh, he was kind of the mentor character while being not as old as you would expect a mentor Mm -hmm. character to be. So it was kind of interesting to see, even though that role that he was didn't have a lot of screen time he still took it and made a character out of it and he was a character so that was pretty interesting um i really like i mean you can't really write a movie about the music industry without saying something about it and i like the little bits of commentary that happened in this movie because it's not overly satirical or anything to me but um i really like for instance the part where jeff which is the lead singer of the band played by Jason Lee. He complains about um, the article that William writes. And uh, he says it makes him look like amateurs and nobodies. And that like, because he wrote everything that happened, he's afraid of coming off as exactly what they are, which is funny to me because they want to be, you know, they say like when they first met him, write a lot of good stuff about us. So we sound cool. And to me, it's like, well, you're not fooling anybody. Like everybody knows when you hit the scene, like it's okay to, to be a new band that hasn't been around forever. You know what I mean? Or have exactly the same experiences as some of the older bands. It's like, it's exactly, it's like that is the epitome of like somebody who takes what they do a little too seriously. And is a a little afraid of just being who they are. Um, so I, I really liked that because it was understated, but it was there and it, they didn't make the entire movie about it. And something um, something else that they didn't make the entire movie about were, yes, there's a love story and it doesn't really doesn't really come into play until more towards the later half of the movie. But they they keep it fairly on the down low. There's never really too much cheese or anything that comes over the top. Unfortunately, like you said, um, what's her name's character? Uh, Kate Hudson, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, I didn't really care for that character either, but it is the seventies and I can kind of see like what it was going for, like as that character. So, yeah, I mean, it totally fits within the movie and the, what it, in the story it's just i just not yeah i don't know i'm just not fond of it <laughs> no i i agree because i don't want to her her she's very kind of irresponsible and i don't really care for a character like that anyway and i think it's made even worse when it's a girl acting like she's irresponsible because it comes off the way that she comes off which is kind of fruity cheerful i'm clearly hiding a lot of pain by be acting like like, hey, let's do this. Let's go do this. Blah, blah, blah. Like, not like off the walls, but she clearly doesn't like to dwell too too long on any one thing. So, and she kind of leads uh, Will's character on a little bit by 
talking to him as if she's interested in him and then going and sleeping with the guitarist of the band and stuff. So she's a little floaty and I don't, I don't really like that either. Um, but I am thankful that the love moments aren't super cheesy and they don't, uh, they don't make a point of like forcing it into the story. So that's nice. Um, some of the technical stuff, honestly, this, this movie looks looks and sounds great like there's no there's i mean it's exactly what i would have expected there's no negatives there's no real positives it's just what i would have expected but there's some little things in it like the attention to the little details that they put in for instance when uh i think when he first meets stillwater the band they're um they're opening for black sabbath or at least black sabbath is playing there and you never get to see black sabbath unfortunately because i was kind of hoping i was like even if it's fake black sabbath i i kind of <laughs> want to see what they would look like but um they actually play a little bit of some of the black sabbath mu- like one of the black sabbath songs in the background when they're hanging out in the the backstage area so it's like little things like that because they could have easily just left it blank or you know just put in some random guitar thing in there but they actually went out of their way to like be like hey is it cool if we play black sabbath you know or whatever so that that was kind of cool um and there you know there's other little things but that one stuck out uh the the band had actual songs written for them apparently i was reading about it and uh, i think the pearl the lead guitarist of pearl jam played some of the music for uh the Stillwater, which is not based on the real Stillwater band by the way um but i was glad that they didn't have to make like every song showcased like every time they go to play a gig it's not like all right here's one of their songs let's see this three minute live action video of this fake band that i'm never gonna yeah, listen yeah. to because <laughs> that does happen sometimes in movies about music and rockstar yeah and it's like well Stand I'm not here up to, and shout. It's not a real band. Like, I don't need to see. I, I believe that they're singing the music or playing the music. That's fine. Like, I can see a couple minutes of it. Yep, people are into it. Let's move on with the story. So that was good. Um, and I really enjoyed the 70s aesthetic. There's something to me. I know this is to sound really stupid, but like to see a parking lot full of all like 70s and older cars is just awesome. Like in my mind, I'm just like, man, where did they get all these sweet cars, you know? <laughs> and then like just his stupid dorky tape recorder and, um, you know, stuff like that. And the, the terrible fashion and carpets and hotels and stuff and smoking on the plane and everything. So I don't know. It was pretty, from that aspect, I can also really appreciate the work that must've went into making sure that everything looked 30 years older than, uh, when that movie was made. Now, there's only one thing that really stuck in my mind that I didn't care for, and I can't really put my finger on it as to why. And that's partly because I haven't seen him in a lot of things, weirdly enough, because I know who it is, but I don't actually see him act that often. I didn't really care for Jason Lee as Jeff, which is the lead singer. I don't know if I didn't like the the character or if I didn't like the acting. You know, I didn't care for I just can't see I don't see him as the lead singer. I, no. I kind of felt the same way. It seemed a little bit off. Like a lot of people will always associate Jason Lee with like Earl from My Name Is Earl, but for yeah. me, Jason Lee is always going to be Brody from Mallrats. That's, that's <laughs> yes. you know that's what I always put him into. Which I makes it say, hard to see him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, I do say uh, 
you know, it's interesting too how many actors you'll see in this that you'll recognize from other things. Yes. You know, especially in young incarnations of themselves. So that's <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Oh god, I still hate Anna Paquin by the way. <laughs> I hate her in this movie and I hate her in pretty oh, much everything what's else. What's that that chick too, the other band-aid, the one that was in uh I always think of her of that one, I think she was in The Craft. I oh, think. with the with the mouth. Yep, she has this on. weird mouth. She's, she's got this weird look to her, yeah. Yeah, well, especially when they put her in like that, not goth makeup, but it's definitely like darker with mm-hmm. like darker eyeshadow and stuff. Yeah, I I don't, he kind of had like a lackadaisical performance about delivering his lines. Like when he was talking about you when he was doing well, his interview. not him singing. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. When he's doing his interview and he's just kind of like, yeah, man, you know, it's just like, you know, I don't know it. For being a front man, he doesn't have a lot of personality when he talks. So, and like you said, that's kind of how he is. That's kind of his thing. Like his acting style is kind of that. So, for him to be the front the front man of this group is is kind of hard to believe. So, um yeah, Zoe Dashnell is in this too. She plays the sister, which was kind of interesting cuz she looks really young too. She doesn't have her her stupid wide-eyed look up and confuse or and thinking thought or whatever look to her quite yet. Um that hasn't that hasn't uh, been acquired. Her name that lady's name by the way, the one you were talking about with the mouth, Feruza Bok. Ah, oh, Feruza Bulk. Bulk, yeah. So Okay. How did you forget a name like that? Uh, sure, I said yeah, it wrong. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's probably my only real dislike that that came out of out of out of watching this, and even that, I I kind of give a pass for just because he plays a really small part in the in the movie. I mean, his character is important, but as far as him talking and what he does, doesn't really have much impact on the on the film. So, the age old question: Was it entertaining and fun? Well, for me, it was, yes. <laughs> for Jason, it didn't sound like so much. But you'd also said that you had seen this a long time ago. And I kind of understand yeah. that feeling where you kind of are like, they're more like reminders. Like you start wa- like you don't remember anything about it before you start watching it. Right. And then you start watching it and you're like, oh, that's right. And then so-and-so and this happens. And okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, Netflix's guess for me uh, was a 4.5. And when I watched it, I wanted to give it higher than this, but I settled for a 4.5 and it just felt right for me. It's not quite a five and I couldn't really put my finger on it as to why. Just like if I was to give it a five, I couldn't really put it on. You know, I can't I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, even if I give it a five. I'm just saying that that's how much I like it. Like, I think it's great and I would recommend it and I would recommend it still. But it's just not quite there. I I think as if you look at it as a whole, it is a great movie and I really like it. And it's got a lot of heart, got a lot of character. But it's not quite perfect for me. Anyway. Oh, is there such a thing? Um, is there a no, perfect movie? No, not really. Yeah, no, not really. Like you said. But, uh, or as you say, but uh, it's close. You know what? And that's yeah. okay. Close is good. I, I didn't get mine recorded uh, before Netflix pulled it down, so I can't sure uh, what the suggestion for me was. I think I gave it a three, maybe three and a half. I don't quite recall exactly. Okay. That, so that sounds about right. What do you got lined up for next 
time. Now, I was going to do, and I probably still will, but I want to put a little more research into what's on Netflix before I pick an animated movie. Because I haven't done an animated movie in a while. And I'm thinking about possibly doing a superhero movie. So I'm kind of waiting until maybe Batman pops up on there or something like that. But until then, I did want to pick something a little bit different that I haven't done in a while. So I chose uh, Man of Tai Chi which is an action-adventure martial arts movie. Ooh. So for this movie, I hope that um, with, like, Keanu Reeves being involved with in it, that it might be kind of more of a mix between American-style martial arts movies. And uh, I'm uh. not sure of the country of origin for this movie, but, like, I'm assuming Asian um, country where uh, style of uh, cinema, where it has kind of, mm. like, Less, a combination of Eastern and West. Yeah, less mystical, because I feel like like in the East, it tends to be a lot more people flying around, and that's fine. I'm okay with that, but I'm hoping for more of something like The Raid. If you've seen The Raid, the it has ah. a lot of action in it, and they're, it, I mean, it, they do look fairly super-powered, so to speak, but it's not like, it's not over the top. It's It's exaggerated, if you will. So... Yeah. Can I can I do the uh, the Netflix description? Sure. Yes. I'm in the voiceover mood tonight. Okay, do it. <laughs> got a warm human. Up. Got a the Human Torch was denied a big blow. Scotch, scotch, scotch. Actually, it'd be uh, black, black rye. Down it goes Ooh. into my belly. Yum, yum, yum. Okay. Delicious. Anyway, Netflix yes. describes the man of Tai Chi the action-adventure martial arts movie, as this. In this kung fu tale set in Beijing, a young man armed with incomparable martial arts skills gets embroiled in the world of underground fight clubs. When is it coming? Coming. Uh, next week on <laughs> Fluxtaposed. Yes! Lucas, who... Might the people know, or as you say, you may know. You may know. Uh, Keanu Reeves, obviously. We've um, gone too far. <laughs> we can't go back. Um, the Matrix, or more recently, John Wick. By the way, I've heard this, good things about John Wick. Um, I've heard okay things, but of course, yeah. you know, I come from a highly I cultured come from the water. Ooh, I haven't heard that in a long time. Uh, this movie was made, I think it was a year or two before John Wick. So gotcha. if that puts it in perspective for you. Um, this guy's name is actually Tiger Hu Chen. Um, he just sounds like a badass. Well, he must be because he's done stunts for Matrix 2 and 3, as well as some other movies that you might uh, not recognize. And then uh, I, I included Simon. I'm assuming it's Yam, but it might be Yam. I don't know. Um and he was in Ip Man, which I know a lot of people say is a is a good martial arts movie. Um, and it's directed by Ke- Keanu Reeves and uh, written by. Now, this is interesting. Written by Michael G. Cooney, who also, in addition to some other movies, has written for Resident Evil, Resident Evil 6, Lost Planet 2 and Devil May Cry 4. I, for, I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. So ex- I'm expecting some pretty bad dialogue from this. But we'll see. Who knows? I haven't really played any. I played Devil May Cry 4, and that was good. 
but I don't really remember a lot of dialogue being in it and mm. stuff. So, um, oh, so let's look up the Netflix guess. The Netflix guess for me is a three. I'm a, it's I'm, a three from me. Ooh, Sharon Osbourne, everybody. Is it a three out of five? Let's see what I got here. No, Adam Sussler. <laughs> I should really remember to look this stuff up before the Someone show. Someone please hire me. Let's see here. Man of Tai Chi. 2.5 is my guess. Wow, four and a half. Holy shit, you're going to love this movie. This is going to be the best movie ever. I want to know what that's based on. I know they based it on your your interest in whatever movie, which is why it pops up in your queue. But, I mean, really, how many martial arts movies have you watched that... Mm. I don't even know the ones I have rated, really. Yeah, I've probably, probably you know, Kill rated... Bill and The Matrix and Oh, that's true. Um, Enter the Dragon and some of that older stuff, but Well, I know that uh Young Detective D probably didn't raise it. That's probably mm. why it's four point five and not five. Space <laughs> Pirate Captain Harlocky. Oh yes. Dunda, yes. Dunda! Dang dong doors. <laughs> oh god, the dang dong doors. <laughs> oh um, boy. So yeah, I mean We've done a few. I think I've done. I wouldn't really consider thirteen samurai or yeah, thirteen samurai martial arts movie, but Young Detective D was. And I think that's the only other one. So I'm looking forward hmm. to a good martial arts movie, and I have good feelings about. I, I like it when it's set in kind of like the underground Fight Club type setting. Reminds me of Bloodsport or something like that. Which, oh, if you boy. try to watch that nowadays, is laughable. Well, it was probably laughable. Probably then, too. always laughable. So, but still great. Ah, well, uh, before we do the grab bag, I had, there was something had a personal else. Story. Well, I had a personal thing I wanted to sell, and then there was something else I had, while you were doing the movie, I had thought of, and that thought has already come and gone. You gotta so write this shit down, I know, man. you know, gotta record that stuff, but so I, I don't, I don't remember that at all, unfortunately. Uh, but I, there's something else I'll announce as well. Uh, first off, um... There is, you'll notice their Battle of the Beers is absent from this episode as it's the first episode of the month and it should be there. But due to schedules and having, you know, we're doing the video segment, it not it's not always going to fit as we would like. So we are hopefully shooting that this weekend and you will see Battle of the Beer in episode 54, which is uh, mm-hmm. Brown Ales this month. So, yes. Uh, you know, a little something more to anticipate and look forward to. Um so you have to wait another week. I'm sorry. And <laughs> um, I got a little bit interesting bit of news today at the old place of employment. Apparently, my department is kind of not going to really exist <laughs> anymore. Whoa. So I will be moving to our ad ops uh, department. So um, not sure. You know, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with what with what our ad ops does. I mean, essentially, that's they're involved with actually uh, uh, getting pixel codes and doing actual um, setup with ads with campaigns that we're running. So it's going to be a little more involved than actually the business of what my company does, which I'm looking forward to. I'm actually going to have a little more working substance instead of just you know a lot of time I was just waiting for things to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that new challenge, new thing to learn, and which means I don't have to deal with what reviewing websites anymore or publishers. So that's Yeah, awesome. so I was wondering like less of a review role and more of like Yeah, a so you know something like like my talents actually go to use. So 
looking Fuck forward that. to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, you know, that would be a nice transition throughout the week. Nice, dude. Yeah. So let's roll that into the community grab bag. Uh, we did not have a question. Uh, I don't think we really have a question this week yet, unless Lucas comes no. up with something sweet and fancy. Well, yeah. And if not, I'm okay with that. So uh, we did have one question from us from Mr. Good for Gaming at Good for Gaming on the Twitterverse. Which three actors or actresses would you pick if you can only watch the movies they are in for the rest of your life? Hmm. Well, Jeff Bridges. Because Jeff Bridges is awesome. <laughs> I heard he was um, currently residing in The Grid. The Grid. The Grid. Uh, my next selection would be... Let's do you want to go one here. for one? Do you want to go one oh, for one? All right, let's do a little back and forth. I, okay. I'm feeling what you're putting down here. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean, I got to go with my first obvious pick because he's my BFF forever. But except for you, Jason, obviously. Ah, um, Michael McDonald. You know he'll never star in anything. He's too <laughs> shy. He's too shy. Hush, hush, eye to eye. But uh, Paul Rudd, I would. I I, I generally I, I, I like everything. That as a pick, but I I didn't. Eh. Yeah, but think of it as number three. Think of it as number three. Okay. Okay. I mean, I have seen Wanderlust and. Uh, the one about him being a brother or whatever. So tr- just trust. What do, what do we call that episode he was in? Something, something Luigi or Mario or I don't remember what he. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was Italian plumber. I don't remember. Uh, something like that. It was from Prince Avalanche, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, next selection. Let's see. Jeff Bridges just came to me because, you know. That's what he does. He's awesome. He's, so he's Jeff Bridges. He makes an Jeff album about sleep, sleeping music. So, question yeah. then: So, would you watch this awful movie that he's going to be in, or is in the fantasy oh. one where he talks? <laughs> <laughs> it, it can't be worse than R.I.P.D., can it? Oh God, I don't know. Can it be worse than Aragon, though? That's the real question. <laughs> um, just for for variety, because he's been in like so many movies. I'm going to say uh, Christopher Walken. Because he's wow. been in like there's you got such a backlog of so many random films to go through. Nice. Nice. And yeah, he's alright. He's alright. You know what? I have an answer to that for almost the exact same reason, too. You wanna know who it I'm is? I'm intrigued. Samuel L. Jackson, mother effa. Ooh. He has been in a lot right. of different movies nice. if you think about Very it. Very good. I could get to watch Star Wars. It's only the first three. Or well, the the yeah. prequel trilogy. Still Star Wars, though. The last selection. Hmm. That'll be tough. Choose wisely. This will be difficult decision to make. Hmm. I'm going to leave all this time in. Just go to IMDb and say the first name that pops up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am going to... I'm going to pick... Uh, man, I thought I had a, a third end of the pick coming up. You know what? Oh, ooh, um, Mel Brooks because he's technically in his movies, and that gives me all. <laughs> he plays it. You know, he has an acting role, so I'm going with it. Mel Brooks. Nice. So I can watch Spaceballs and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Nice. Repeatedly. Women, women in tights. 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 
Gosh, going back and watching that movie too. That's hard to watch. That's a that's a trip. Yeah, nineties were a weird time. Um gosh, you know, I thought I thought I would have had I was like, man, yes, keep taking time because now I can uh try to think <laughs> of my next pick. Gosh. It's difficult. It is difficult. It's really hard to I mean, it's it's especially hard because oh, some, can, can I have can I have a makeup pick too? If I don't go Mel Brooks, a runner up, yeah, runner it'd up. be Liam Neeson. Ooh, Liam Neeson. I that's told not you bad. I'd find you. Um, you know, actually, uh, Christian Bale. I I end up liking a lot of Ooh, his movies. Right. Not bad. So not bad. I think I would go with Christian Bale too. That'd be hard Empire to. Of the Sun. No, I have not seen that. He's kind of bratty in that because he's only a kid, but still. <laughs> well, he's still kind of bratty. I mean, from what I <laughs> understand. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, I think that's some, sounds that's, pretty good to me. That was my, uh, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, what's his name? Late director. night show host. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the guy did, uh, Kill yeah. Bill Tarantino. That's my Tarantino impression. <laughs> it is hey, very Tarantino. Hey, <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> uh, spot on. Anyway, how about I just move on to no. our question? Yeah, we're moving on. Lucas did his brainy skills, and Dude, we have a question. I came through. I'm clutch. He did. Like that. He's in the clutch. Have you ever kickstarted any projects? What were they? Why did you choose those projects? We want to know why. So, no good reason. Actually, but. yeah. Have you ever kickstarted? I I just realized this could come off. Because I didn't oh, clarify. Have you, you ever mean, backed anything? Okay, not that they launched one. Have you ever backed any projects on but Kickstarter? But if you launched one, that would but, be yeah, interesting too cool because to it is a harrowing experience when you're like, yeah, and then 24 or 30 days go by and you're like, only I, only I put in some money and one of my cousins I never talked to or whatever. <laughs> so That's a good question. I look forward to hearing the results mm, of said that's question. That's a good question. Uh, what you can look forward to to on next week's show. Well, we'll know Battle of the Beard will be back. Uh, Mr. Cap'n Mike M. from Gamers and Beta and Gamers Unscripted. I have pulled his arm. He will be joining us on the show, uh, which is actually good timing because he'll be at, he's right in the Boston area, so he'll be at PAX East this week. So we, can, we can chat with him on his uh, experiences there. And I think he might even uh, man up and enjoy Man of Tai Chi with us. So, it's a bit of a stretch. And yeah, so we'll have that and the Battle of the Beer and other great things for you all to enjoy. So, you want to come back for that, you know? Stay a while and listen. Oh, Roderick. And as the nonsense flows, you also know the end of the show has arrived. So thanks for listening to episode 53 with us. If you mm-hmm. stuck it out the whole time, if not, you are a poop pants and man up next time. But you're not going to know that. Up. We don't discriminate. Whoa. Man or woman up, please. Gender equality up in here. Yeah. And yes, if you would like to connect with the show, you can find us on the Twitter world at Fluxtapose. We are on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Fluxtapose. Uh, Google Plus if anyone even uses that and hey if you're really bored how about an iTunes review how about that that that's my challenge give us that give us this that's your homework give us that review oh yeah yeah Uh, sexy like yeah anyway 
That is the show. <laughs> On behalf of Lucas and myself, have a fantastic week, and we will see you back at the same Flux time, same Flux channel, uh, same Flux domain, same Flux everything next week. Roger Dodger, do a barrel. Roger Dodger, Stranger Danger, later. <laughs>